Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, May 27th, and you know what's great? Amusement parks, theme parks are back. They're back. Um, this, this past weekend was one of the better, more, most fun weekends that I've been had in the last year and a half, maybe closer to two years. Um Went back to Universal Studios in California. Um, if you haven't been there, I recommend going. It's a fun time. It's it's a it's a fun place. I would say that it is a little bit better than Disneyland, only because um, it's not so big. There's not like so many rides that you got to go on, and it's just not as popular as Disneyland. Whereas everybody in there, everybody wants to go to Disney. Everybody wants to go there and be on Indiana Jones, Star Wars, um, you know, just be, everybody loves Disney so much, so going to Disneyland would be, if you're out of the country, out of the state, if you're not like in California, or Florida, or, you know, there's there's so little Disneyland parks in the world, so it's like, and I'm sure there's not as much many Universal as well, but like, Disneyland is just so popular, that they just get they're they're so packed all the time, and you know since you know the time that we're in right now, there was not full capacity, which was a good thing. But still, I've always kind of preferred it lately, be just because it isn't as crowded, it's not as the rides aren't as the the lines for the the rides aren't as long. the 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 rides are still really really fun. There isn't as many, which is kind of a bummer, but like I still think that it is pretty fun. And worth your time if you've never been. If you like movies, it's awesome. They have a lot of shops that you can buy merch from, like other, like other, like all the Universal movies that have ever came out, posters, merchandise, coffee mugs, um, T-shirts, you name it. Yeah, they got Harry Potter, uh, Jurassic Park slash World. Uh, they got the classic monster movies there. Uh, DreamWorks, all those guys are there. Simpsons. It's a, it's a really fun park. And it's not too big, too. That's another big thing is, like, I don't feel like I got to walk around so much ground just to get from one place to another, right? It just feels like it's more condensed, and it's on different levels, too. Disneyland is all one level, basically. There's no, like, really downstairs area, upstairs, or whatever, because if you go to Universal, they got, like, three le- two levels, I think. Their one is, like, the main level with Harry Potter, Simpsons, DreamWorks, um the basic studio stuff and all that, more places to eat, I would say, on the top level, but you go down to the other level, the second level, you got the uh, Jurassic World ride, you got the Mummy ride, Transformers, a bunch of little other places to eat, and then some shops and all that, and a little bit of a, that's pretty much it there, I think, I mean, I've been there twice, and I think every time we go there, that's usually all that we do there, but it was still really, really fun, fun to get outside, um, with your friends, family, do all that. The studio tour is still one of the better or even the best things there. It's just so much fun. If you really like movies and TV and like you like the shows at Universal, like um, Superstore, I know that's like ending or whatever, but like they filmed The Office there. They filmed uh, so many iconic scenes there. You just see how movies and TV shows are made and it's just right there. And I feel like it's so cool because every day they do the studio tour and like you can just see like writers and producers and 
crew members and, and all, just people just doing their job in that studio lot every day. You just drive by it, the tour guide saying, oh, look, this guy's going there. They're working on this. They did that. They shot that there. They've done this scene there. It's really, really fun to just uh, experience. And um, going there, um, even without being full capacity, even without being like... Um, you know, super long lines, I would say. It, it, it is, it, it got very, very hot. Um, it said on the forecast it would be like 81 degrees, but I swear to God, it jumped to like 91, like another 10 degrees hotter. So it felt, it, it was super hot, super, super hot. But it was still fun, and I gotta say, the rides, let's talk about the rides a bit. So when I went for the, for the first time in 2019, I was like super, super excited to go on Jurassic Park because I'd never been. And Jurassic Park is like one of my favorite movies. Um, I love dinosaurs. I thought that they're so interesting. The, the Jurassic Park movie was so cool as a kid and it still is really cool. It's interesting and all that, how it's built around a park. And I have always wanted to go on that ride. But in 2019, it was closed down because it was being redone to be Jurassic World. So I actually went on it for the first time this past weekend. And I gotta say, fun ride. Having never been on it before, and just seeing how it was, you know, revamped and redone and redone in the way of Jurassic World, I feel like it's it's a really really fun ride. It's a water ride, so if you you can kind of like picture it as like kind of like a splash mountain, you know, it's got a big drop, but it just filled with like stuff from Jurassic World in it, and I thought it was so cool. The aesthetic of the ride is really fun. It's all jungly, safari like. They got the music blasting. They got everything going on, and it, it was super fun. Kind of scary though, and I gotta admit, I, I since I haven't been on a ride in over two years, so like being on that ride and getting that rush of adrenaline was really fun again. But it's also scary because I'm not used to it, and I I always say that I I enjoy like the speed of the roller coaster. I I always say that, but it's always the the wait and the build up to actually getting onto the ride. I hate it so much. I really do. I psych myself up. I get super nervous and scared, and it never fails because it's like I always like try to prepare myself to go onto it, and like this drop isn't gonna be that bad. It's not gonna be that bad. Just, just it's you've done it so many times. It's the same thing, but it always gets me every time. And the last drop in that ride is so steep, steeper than you think, than it looks, and it's just like that rush, that feeling that. Just your stomach just elevating in your body is like, oh my god. I, I hate that feeling so much. I hate it so much, but it, it's always fun in the end. Especially when you're with your family and your friends, man. It's so much fun. And uh, it, it was funny because you know how they take pictures of you on the rides at, at the climax or at the ending or the big drop or whatever? It's always It was funny because uh, they had a mask mandate in the, in, the, in the park. So like I was screaming behind my mask. And my mouth opened so wide, it almost peeked out of the bottom of my mask. So when I saw the picture, I was like, oh my god, my mouth is wide open. <laughs> but you know, it was just covered by, by the mask, but it, it was fine. It was still fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and thank god for all the escalators in that place, because going from the first floor to the bottom floor, if it was just stairs, oh my god, that would be so um, tiring, because it is like literally hiking up a mountain. Like, you don't think it is because it's the escalators but like if you just imagine the stairs it is a long way from top to bottom if i had to just hike my way up on the stairs i'm out of shape 
So that would be really, really tough. Thank God the escalators were working. Thank God every everybody was doing a good job too. Everybody who did a good job. Um, it's weird because like I've never been to like a place like this during the time that we're in, where we gotta socially distance sometimes, and like especially like when you like. Um, it was weird because you couldn't eat in certain places. You could just sit down and do nothing, or it was like a seating area really. And you also couldn't take a drink into a line of, for a ride, which was also really weird. I didn't really understand that. Maybe it's because you have to take your mask off to take a sip and then you put it back on. I don't know. But it was weird because it was just some areas were like that. And it was kind of odd because there'd be some areas where you could just eat and do, you know, take out your mask off and, do, you know, eat. And then other rides, you just couldn't do it because it was and it got annoying because as the day went on, the lines got longer. And um, the studio tour, I mean, that was uh, that was hard because um, if you've ever been the studio tour, um, it's a pretty big attraction there. A lot of people go on there, and more than you would think, I think, because if it's not a ride, you just ride the studio tour. But you see a lot of kids there, a lot of adults, but uh, and they they were socially distancing in the in the in the buses, so they weren't having as many people load on the buses as they would if it weren't uh, with, uh, you know, the times today. So that was kind of rough because it would take extra longer. I swear, I think, it like, the line or the wait time ended up being, it was said 80 minutes, so that would be an hour and 20, but I think it ended up being a two-hour line wait, just standing in the line. But luckily, there was a lot of shade, too, so that was uh, good because if there was no shade, that would be terrible. I didn't see a lot of people abandon the line either, so that was a good thing. Everybody was just determined to just get on the ride and just have fun because it is fun. That's what it's all about, having fun. And I think I'm at the point where I can kind of decide on which rides are better and which ones are worse. Um, I think for me as a 27-year-old, there's like four rides I think that you will like. Four. like, And I've I've asked my brother and my, my other brother – and my friends like, what's a good ride or what's a bad ride? And usually they say they never go on the Simpsons ride, Minions ride, um, one of the Harry Potter rides, which is mainly for kids. The kiddie rides they don't go on. So the ones that I went on are the ones that they've been on. And I think if I'm going to rank my rides between Jurassic World, um, Transformers, Harry Potter, and The Mummy, um, 2000 and, or 1999 Mummy with Brendan Fraser... I would rank them Jurassic World just because it's, you know, iconic, nostalgic, and it's a very, very good ride. Animatronic dinosaurs, um, water, um, it's a good ride. And luckily, I did not get that wet, just little droplets of water, which is good because sometimes water rides can piss me off. Um, you'll be on it, you know, if the, especially if we, that was our first ride. So I'm like, if I'm going to get wet, I'm going to be wet for like an hour, an hour and a half. And I don't want to be that wet. Um, so I would go Jurassic World as number one. Number two, I would put The Mummy. Because, and if you've never been on The Mummy ride, just imagine, um, imagine Indiana Jones at Disneyland. But it's faster, and scarier, and darker. I mean, like, I again, it's been two years, but I do not remember it being that fast. I mean, it was a fast ride. Shoots you off into pitch blackness, um... Actually, no, it's it's kind of like a hybrid hybrid between Indiana Jones and Space Mountain. It's like that fast. <clears throat> really fun. 
Um, you get that adventure feeling. Uh, you get the classic nostalgic of the mummy, Brendan Fraser, Imhotep. Uh, you get all that. It's so much fun, and um, the music is great. Um, the aesthetic is cool. The, the 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 coaster itself is like a jeep. It's so cool. Um, but it's a fun ride, and it goes forward and backwards and all that. It's super fun. So worth it. It's highly underrated, in my opinion. Um, maybe it's because not many people were at the park that day, but I remember in, in 2019, there wasn't that big of a line either. So that's always a good ride, solid ride, highly recommended. Number three, I would put as um, Harry Potter. I'm not sure what the name of the ride was. Um, I believe it's like Harry Potter's... It's it's in the castle. It's in like so they have like a big Hogwarts castle at Harry Potter Land, and in that castle is the ride. So um, that ride is like a uh, kind of imagine like it's an indoor ride. So everything is done indoors with like screens that project like you know scenes of Harry Harry Potter. Uh, not 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 from the movies, but it's like a new thing that they did about the ride. Harry Potter's like playing a Quidditch match, and every all of a sudden. Hogwarts is like at war, being attacked by dragons, dementors, spells are being cast, buildings are crumbling and all that, and it's it's really fun. It's it's kind of cool. And um, so like it's like four seaters, and it's just like you got like this big thing that comes over your shoulders because it goes upside down and it goes sideways and all that, and it's really fun. It's a lot of fun, actually, but it it is not, for me, on the level of Jurassic World and The Mummy. It's still very, very fun, though. It's a strong three. Like, these rides... Are like the must rides at a, at a, um, at Universal. These are like the must ride. They're very very fun. And then the third, or the fourth ride, the final ride, which is my least favorite. I mean, because it's just it's just not as good. I'll just say that Transformers not that good. Um, it's it's an indoor ride. It 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 just jerks you a lot, side to side, back and forth. Um, there's water too in it. I don't even know how there's water in it, but it's, uh, you put on these 3d glasses, which is kind of annoying because they don't properly fit over your eyelid. It's like these big boxes, just kind of like an inch, like a few centimeters in front of your eyes. And it's just like, they're not very comfortable. They never have been. I don't know why they don't update them, but the, um, that's, that's, it's still fun, but it's, it's not as fun as the others. Um, in terms of, you know, ride experience, again, very jerky, kind of like, um, you know, and it feels like it's just weird because Transformers is not the franchise that it once was. I mean, I liked one, two, uh, sort of two, three was actually pretty good. And then the rest with Mark Wahlberg were just kind of, I saw the first one with him and the second one I saw on TV. And then I think there's a third one I did not see. I heard it was very bad, but, um. Yeah, it sucks because they don't have any, like, modern movie franchise rides except for Jurassic World, really. And then uh, Despicable Me and all that, I guess. But, like, <clears throat> besides that, they, they need, like, bigger rides. Like, bigger franchises to make rides for. Because, I mean, I think that if they made, like, Jurassic World is a big one. If they kept making the Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser, they could add on to those rides. Um, and then Transformers is kind of dead in the water for me with as a, as a film franchise. So that's always kind of obsolete and kind of like weird. The, the positive side though, is they are in the process of building Nintendo world. So that's coming. I mean, it's going to be right by Transformers right there. I've seen it in construction. They've already got the background with the, the green Hills and the, 
um, different colored hills and the, the pipes are coming in. I think I saw some uh, toads there. I think I could have been wrong, but that's coming. That's going to be exciting. Um, so that'll bring a lot of attraction to the lower level because I'm pretty sure it's just those four rides there. Or three, actually. Jurassic, um, Mummy, and Transformers. I think that's it. Um, but again, fun ride. So much fun. Uh, uh, Mummy. Mummy is so, like I said, underrated. Just go on it. It's so much fun. Um, but again, it's all going to change soon because June 15th is when California is supposed to open back up. So that's going to be crazy. People are going to be lining up and everything. Crazy because I thought it was packed when we went there, but I'm pretty sure that the capacity for that day was 30,000. 30, I think the parking holds up to like 100,000. So I'm like, oh man, this is like sort of nice that it's like not as, you know, I like just knowing that the capacity cannot be as, you know, at, at its max kind of set my mind at ease, like saying like, okay, the, the rides, the, the lines should not be that long. The wait time should not be that long, but they were in a way. So that was kind of rough. And by the way, the, the, the hot dog at Simpsons land is very good. You should try it. It's like a crusty's kosher hot dog or kosher free, whatever. Uh, very good hot dog, and also there, there's this restaurant that we had uh, um, the pizza, uh, pizza, a sixty dollar pizza for seven slices. It was ridiculously expensive, but it was very good, very good pizza. And I'm a pizza man. I can eat that all that shit all day long, night and day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I am a pizza man, but I was full that day. And thank God that we ate two at that time because we got there like around nine when it opened. And we decided to eat like around 11, 20, 11, 30. But I had not eaten prior uh, to like the night before, like at five, like at 630. And I was like, I was legitimately dying. My stomach was hurting. I was getting a little dizzy. I was like, I got to eat something, man. I can't, my, my body just can't be getting on these rides without anything in my stomach besides some water, nothing. And I was just like, I need to eat now, please. So we stopped to eat, and it was all good and everything. And thank God, like that that the the food service and the service of drinks and the service of like snacks and all that ice cream was very very good. Everybody did a great job there. Everybody did. Um, the only thing that sucks though is that the water fountains are closed because of COVID. So. What blew massively was that we had to keep buying water bottles almost like every two hours, maybe even one hour because it was so hot. And you're just walking the entire time and like, I'm fucking thirsty. I need some water. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy a soda or, a, you know, a, a sugary drink. I need water. But the thing is that the water was every bottle was like 484 close to five bucks. So that kind of sucked. Thankfully, I brought like a couple. But if you didn't bring any, I mean, if, if you're listening, if you're about to go, bring some water, hydro flask, a plastic bottle, uh, whatever you can, just bring canteen, bring some water because you're going to need it. I mean, unless you want to keep paying like five bucks every hour just to be hydrated, I would bring some water because, whoo, man, that was tough. And, and the thing is, is that they're all closed, all the fountains. Some of the sinks are closed in the bathroom because of social distancing, so be aware of that. Now, if you go past June 15th, that might have changed, but if you don't go then, 
and you're going to go before that, just be aware that you got to bring some water and that you don't want to die of thirst and you got to be patient and you got to make sure that you're sitting in the right area to eat food. And they have a couple of um, um, sections on the side of like a trail or like a walkway where there's like a little little um, fence thing or a bench. It says designated resting area, designating snacking area, designated this, designated that. So you got to be aware of all that. Now, I'm not sure if that all will go away come June 15th. I'm not sure. But if you plan to go before then, just remember all that. Remember oh, that's all going to be a part of that. I'm not sure if they're going to slightly open up the capacity for people to come in before the 15th. But it, all I know is is just be aware that you're going to need some water. That seating is kind of limited. That eating is kind of limited as of the seating area. And just be aware that if you... if uh, just be prepared that uh, the the hostess, the 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 employees will um, kind of be on you if you if you uh, disobey or or fail the guidelines, which are pretty easy in a way. Just kind of like just move along and do that. Don't really dilly dally unless you're in the designated area. So just be aware of that. But it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It, it was and just being with your buddies again, doing things that you did before the pandemic was it was a treat. Especially like a big, you know, trip that you plan. I had forgotten about planning trips and going to places and going, you know, to, to out of out of town, taking a big drive, kind of like a road trip type of thing. Got to wake up early, uh, make sure do we have enough gas, pitching in for gas, pitching in for parking, whatever. Thank God, um, our driver had a pass, annual pass, so they can they can just park like whenever and like not pay anything. Which is good because I, you know, I, my friends have been talking to me and telling me to get a pass so many times, so for so many years, and I was gonna get one in 2020, but again, pandemic hit, so I couldn't get it. <clears throat> and um, I still haven't gotten it because I just I don't I don't know what it is, but I once I go to a uh, theme park and all that, once I go there, I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of good with that. Like for one time a year is fine. I don't got to go, like, every month. I don't got to go, like, every week or whatever, or every two months. I'm good, man. I'm solid because, like, there's nothing worse or more tiring or more uncomfortable than a long day at a theme park. You know, just, I mean, especially if it's hot, like, really hot, hot day, um, full of pretty bad um, fatty food, good food, but fatty food, sweaty you know, probably dehydrated, um, annoyed, feet are hurting, um, f- sunburnt, tired, stinky, maybe. It, it's like, I enjoy the rides and I enjoy the company of my friends, but I don't need to do this every damn week, every damn month. That's why I always kind of question like adults who buy annual passes to Disneyland or Disney World. I don't get that. I don't understand it. I don't get it. For one, Disneyland is fun. Um, I want to see the Star Wars land. I want to see the Star Wars rides. I want to see all that stuff. But I don't want to have to deal with freaking people bringing their newborn babies or toddlers that that just yell and scream. That was the one of the best things about Universal is that the, the toddler and the newborn baby uh, count is massively lower than Disney, which is obviously why, because it's Disney encourages young kids to want to go. So 
seeing that, I mean, I don't know a lot of little kids that watch The Simpsons or are allowed to watch The Simpsons. Maybe Minions and Kung Fu Panda, but not not The Simpsons. So I enjoy that so much. And it's not that I I don't hate kids. I just think that sometimes that they they can be annoying. They can yell so much. And then you see it on the parents' face that they get cranky, yelly, and all that. It's like, I don't want to see this, man. And it's everywhere at Disney, everywhere, and it's like, oh my goodness. So if you are an older person going to Disneyland every week, month, year, yearly pass, annual pass, I I don't understand how you do it. I mean, I congratulations, I would never be able to do that. I would never be able to. It's just something that I would never think that I could do. Not saying that I wouldn't want to. I mean, I would want to go to Disneyland, you know, just to have fun. Maybe but once a year. I don't need an annual pass. Just a one-day ticket and that's it. And if we're going to plan a big trip to go for like a week or maybe like four or five days, maybe. Again, maybe. But I wouldn't want to spend the money for an annual pass to go like two times a year. You know what I'm saying? Like Because I don't live by there. I get it if you live like a mile away to 20 miles away, maybe even an hour away. But if you live like three hours, you got to go on the five through the grapevine and deal with traffic. I'm good. I'm fine. And my brothers have annual passes to Universal and still they're like, I think they go like maybe twice a year, maybe. And But I don't think those passes are that expensive either. So it isn't too bad at Universal. It's drastically cheaper at Universal than at Disney. I got to say that. I think it's like maybe a hundred and something for an annual pass at Universal. Maybe Disney's like, God, I last time I checked before they canceled them two years ago it was like a thousand, maybe. Crazy expensive. I was like, no way am I spending a thousand to go once, maybe twice a year, maybe three if we push it. Like I'm not gonna spend that much money on Disneyland. I can't do it. I can't physically wrap my head around how people do that who don't live there. You got to be super rich and just have people drive you there or you be willing to drive there every week and or month or whatever. I, I just could not wrap my head around how they do that. I just could not do it. But it's it's cool though. It's like if you have the luxury to do it, why not do it, right? And if you love Disneyland, like you don't care about the kids or the toddlers, or the angry parents, or the big lines, or being congested, or being hot all the time, if the Disney magic is so powerful, that all that just melts away, and you are literally in the happiest place on earth, and you can't imagine being anywhere else but Disneyland, have at it, have fun, enjoy it, Um, but I wouldn't be there, you won't catch me there all the time. I kind of don't even want to go now to think about it. Just coming back from Universal, just, I'm good. I'm fine. I can deal without it for a while. Maybe next year, maybe, when they add new, uh, I think they're going to add another um, area to it. I could be wrong, but um, maybe then. I would want to go to California Adventure, though. Because that's changing now. That's not even California Adventure anymore. I mean, it is titled that. That's what it's called. But it's become like the Marvel Land, Pixar Land. It's like becoming like Marvel-y. 
It's a lot of Pixar stuff now. Like, there's, like, no longer any California theme to it. Like, I think the the the, the, the Hollywood Tower of Terror is now called the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Great Escape, or whatever. Um, there's a lot of uh, Cars rides there. Um, I think Finding Nemo might be in there. Maybe that's Disneyland. Um, I know the big California Scream and the big roller coaster is called something else now. So they're kind of ditching the California theme now to just being Marvel and Pixar. So it's only time will tell when they'll change the name from California Adventure to Marvel slash Pixar Land. It'll be... And then everybody's going to be like, what is this? What happened to California? Everybody's going to get mad like, bro, they've been changing that for years now. There's no way to... There's no reason to outrage about the ride or the park being named something else now. Come on. It's been happening for years. Can't you see it? I mean, I don't even know. Is the water ride there? The grizzly ride? The one when you're in like a big eight-person raft and a circular raft and you go down this big old water... Like a um, river raft thing, like a whitewater rapid thing. That was pretty fun, actually. Um, but you do get very, very wet, which I'm not a fan of. But it was very fun. That's the thing, though, is that with those rides, you can kind of like... It's, it's either hit or miss. You'll either get wet or you'll get like a little drizzle or a little splash. Um, with Jurassic World, um, we sat in the back, so we didn't get that much water, thank God. Um, and since everybody, since it wasn't at full capacity, if you sat in a seat that nobody was sitting on the previous ride, you'd be in a puddle and your ass would be soggy. And that's what happened to me on Transformers because it does have water. So I sat in a seat that nobody was sitting on prior, and apparently that might have been for a few of the cycles of the ride. So when I sat down, my, my ass was in a puddle. And when I got up, like, oh, my ass is going to be soggy, bro. And it was. And I was like, fuck this, man. Of all the places to get soggy is my fucking ass. You know, it's just something you got to deal with, though. You got to be willing and ready and know that going to a theme park is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a workout. It's going to be, and let me tell you this. I don't work out. And I know uh, of the times that we are in, a face covering for certain places, gyms and all that, require that to be worn. But having gone to a theme park with a mask on all the time, Walking through people, getting to lines, getting through, um, trying to be first, um, getting a locker, walking, sometimes fast walking to a line uh, to get to the front, and it just being hot there, like very, very hot. Oh man, the mask got old. The mask got old. I was inhaling so hard that I was sucking in my mask through my nostrils. It was bad. It was very bad. And I get it why we wear them, obviously. I wore it. But it was just, it was a struggle at the end. At the end, I was breathing my own air all the time. It was just hot, sticky. I thought I would have a mask tan, but thank God I didn't. But it, it, I cannot wait for the mask to go away permanently. Because, oh, I mean, I, I, never, I didn't think that it would be that much of a struggle. I really didn't. I thought it'd be fine because again, I thought it would be 81, not 
super terribly hot, but not like, you know, luxurious weather, like 75. But after a while, man, it got hotter and hotter and hotter. I was like, oh man, this is getting ridiculous now. Whew. So you kind of have to like fiddle with it and kind of like open the bottom just to get a little bit of air. And as soon as you did, it would feel so cool and so refreshing. And then it's like, oh, thank you, heavens. Put it back on, slam it down. And uh, just go about your day. But I cannot wait for them to be gone because, oh my God, it was basically working out the entire day with a mask on. I would say that. Running or walking on the treadmill, super fast, incline and everything. That's what it was. It's just uncomfortable. But I did it. I did do it. And in the areas where you could take them off, they came off so fast. Got a bite to eat, something to drink. I had the Duff beer. Um, if you don't know, if you don't watch The Simpsons, the Duff beer is like the iconic uh, alcoholic beer beverage in that show. I had it. Um, $16 worth of beer for one beer, by the way. One beer. And um, decent. Decent. I had the Bud Heavy or the Duff Heavy. I guess it was Duff Heavy. The other one was Duff Light. Um, Duff Basic, I guess I had. Good beer. Um but but a bit basic and definitely not worth $16. Oh my Jesus, that was so expensive. But it was good though. Cold, crisp, refreshing. Everything that you want on a hot day at a theme park. Everything that you want. But it was a fun trip and I enjoyed it. On our way back though, we um we kind of discovered a a common um mistake that we've been making. Me and my friends. So our friend who drove us there, um, their car's a bit banged up, out of shape. Um, not a good car. A lot of trouble in the recent um, other a bunch of problems with the uh, engines, maybe um, parts falling off, um, things not working, just it not being a good car. And I I offered to drive because the person said that the car's not you know um, um, wasn't performing well, had to be taken into the shop to get fixed. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll drive. That's fine. Best friend is like, okay, my car's good. We'll drive. Or I'll drive. I said, okay, you sure? He said, yeah. It's okay. Uh, best friend drove. The The drive there was fine. But um, we were leaving, and we hear a clank on the ground. We thought that this uh, best friend might have ran over, like, a water bottle or something that just exploded or something. Because I didn't feel anything, like, hit, like leave the car, but, um, you know, if you would feel like a weight come off the car, you might feel that, or something like, or the car, like, uh, dip, but nothing, none of that backed out even more, we heard it again, so we're like, okay, we gotta figure this out, what is this, kind of semi-park in a spot, we're kind of out there, just because of, we want to know what is happening, is the car even gonna make it, and it was just like a, a pretty much a plastic flap, that's at the bottom of the car that kind of protects it from, like, stuff that'll be run over, like, from going up into the car or whatever. That, like, fell off the car. Or halfway fell off. And, like, I never even heard of this this part of the car that would actually fall off like that. And it was so bizarre because uh, no one would have ever been, like, um, who would have, like, why would this even happen, like? It made no sense. Like I can't remember if like she had it put back on or whatever, but it was um, it was fun. It was it was so dumb. It was very dumb. So we just uh, 
best friend knocked it off, put it in the trunk, and like, let's just go. We're fine. It's not like an actual piece of the car, not the engine, the transmission, brakes, whatever. It's fine. It's just a plastic part that will I'll get fixed up later. But as we were driving, I got curious. We all got curious. Like, let me ask you something. Let me ask you a good question. When you go to the, when you get your car fixed, do you go to the dealership or do you go to a mechanic? She said mechanic, but my grandpa takes it there to the mechanic. I'm like, okay. Which mechanic? And I already have like a big thing about mechanics in my head. You know, just already off the top. And I, she told me the mechanic, I'm like, you got to stop going there. And she's like, why? Because I used to go there. We used to go there. That guy sucks. <laughs> we all kind of collectively laughed because we all knew the person. We all knew the mechanic. And we all knew that he does a shitty, shitty job. So we're like, you got to stop going there. You're you're never going to get your car fixed. And she's like, yeah, I kind of noticed that because I went last week and the week, uh, maybe two weeks later. And then it's just the, the, the problems just kept showing up. Like, yeah, man. I feel like with the mechanics, the reason why that they do the things that they do, and maybe you haven't had this experience, maybe you have, but when I've had them, I've noticed that they always have a problem, like one problem every time you go in, one problem, your car's doing this, uh, oh, well, we didn't find that, but we found this, oh, okay, well, then fix that, sure, take, take it away, drive it again for a couple of weeks, bring it back. Hey, so this thing is happening again, and uh, I'm not sure why. All right, we'll take a look at it. Let's see what happens. Bring it back in. Take it out. He comes back, and they're like, yeah, well, we didn't find that, but we found another thing that was wrong. Turns out your AC is uh, clicking or whatever. Some dumb shit like that. It's like, okay, well, we better fix it then. Yeah, sure. Take it for another month or two. Another problem arises. And it's like, well, um, we thought it was this, but it's actually that. You know, a lot of that back and forth bullshit of like just saying like maybe sometimes figuring out problems, but resulting it into being something else. You know what I'm saying? Like the the, the mechanic itself, he, he possesses a skill that is very rare in society today. He, he claims that he knows how to work with cars, how to fix cars. I mean, do you know how to fix cars? Chances are probably not. I know I don't. So I'm going to listen to whatever he says because he's a mechanic. He should know this. He should be an expert. He should, this is how he makes a living. He must be sort of good if he keeps making money and can live at his house and provide for his family. He should be good at this. Somewhat, you know, at least decent. But I've realized with the mechanic and the, just now, now it's just like he's becoming more in a more, of a con artist, not just this mechanic, but I feel like everywhere you go, every mechanic that you meet, that you're recommended, you've got a, you got to just vet him out. You got to take him seriously. You got to make sure that he does the right thing, that he does everything to your, fix what I want you to fix, please. Or check this. Or don't bullshit me because I don't want to know, figure out that this problem was a problem last month when I said it was, but you fixed this instead, and now it's an even bigger problem. I don't want that. I don't want to have to deal with that. So it was just kind of weird that we all kind of went through this one mechanic, 
and we all had these stories about this mechanic and how we all just did this and that and we just like eh, we'll do it this time or you'll do it that time we always got to be sure that your car is getting fixed on the way that you want it to be fixed you got to be assertive because if you don't the gu- these guys will walk all over you, all over you and just demand money say we fixed it and then not doing anything it's so bad it's very bad and it's very discouraging and it's very you know, you, you lose my trust as a customer. I, I want to be to, to trust you. But if you don't do it right, it's like, bro, how can I use your service? And I get that the dealership is more expensive. And they tell you, you know, you got this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. But to me, I would rather have that than some guy saying it's your car's fine, but it's this. And then you take it back again another month later, and it's actually that problem, but it's worse now or something like that. I don't want that. I don't want that insecurity. I don't want that distrust. I want you to be upfront with me and just tell me what's wrong with my car and what I can do with it. I don't. I know that you got to make money, and I know that you got to you know provide for your family, and I know that. But it's like, are you even capable of your job or not? And I also have a big. I don't understand. Why, when it says so-and-so's auto care, why does it not include tires and brakes? I asked, I asked the guy years ago, can you check my tires or my brakes? We don't do that here. What do you mean? It says auto care. Why, does it, why, why do they have to have a separate place for tires and brakes? I don't get that. I never did. I, I mean, I, I'm, I have no problem with going to the tire guy, but why does it say auto care? But why does that not include tires and brakes i just don't get it i don't understand it is that different from a car i mean i mean that's what is needed for the car for it to move tires brakes to stop it i mean i don't understand how that's not a that's not part of auto care i don't get that you go to the dealership you got this wrong got a recall uh set up your alignment your check your brakes your oil change all done within one sitting sure it's going to cost you some and you have to wait a little bit, but it's not as, you know, back and forth. I got to come back again, do this again. I mean, do you want to waste your time five times to get so many things fixed, some things refixed that they broke or something? Because I, I just feel like a mechanic nowadays, you know how they run the, the, the car through the computer to see what's wrong with it? I feel like sometimes they'll have a computer and I just feel like maybe they're not updating it or maybe they're not updated it with the technology of the computer. That way it can detect issues um, as well as a dealership computer could. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that is a thing that happens more often than we think. And it just makes me so mad. And it just annoys me. And now that I've seen that my friends go through the same thing and through the same thing, and I'm just like, oh, no, dude. You gotta cut them loose. You just have to. You can't. You can't be like. And I know that they want to be friendly, and sometimes it works and all that. But if they're not performing their job, if they're not fixing your car, if they're doing the wrong thing, if they're just, you know, half-assing you, just cut them off, man. It's super easy. But just don't get attached to one person. Just don't do it. It it, it is so much better if you can just, you know, if this guy is not the guy then just stop coming. That's what I did. Because when I got my car, um, I went to him like for the first time, th- this person, and then he's like, oh, you have synthetic oil. I'm like, yeah, well, pretty much every like new car th- today has synthetic oil. 
I was like, okay, we're going to have to go buy a filter or something. Like, you don't have that here? Like, what what kind of cars exactly do you work on? Like, are they like 1980s cars, 70s cars? Like, what is this? Do you, are you not prepared to fix my car? It's like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Update your stock. Update your things. I don't have time for you to, to, to tell me that you need to go get this or we don't have this or we don't do that. I expect you. If you're a general mechanic shop, auto care, that means all, that should mean all cars up to date or close to it, right? And I'm not like a, I'm not like, I don't have a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Tesla. I know I have like a, a sedan, a Honda, a Hyundai, a Toyota. Come on, fix it, please. It's not that hard. I mean, it shouldn't be, right? I mean, I would think that it wouldn't be. Anyway, I mean, just hearing that, Man, it was just, it brought back memories of, like, I never want to have that happen again. Ever again. Because how could I? How could I? In my mind, I don't like it when people waste my time like that. You know? Because I would be in and out of that place. Oh, I need an oil change. Just change the oil. Um, New filter, that's it. This guy would bring it out within, like, 10 minutes. It's like, okay, you're good to go. And, like, it feels good. Like, okay, I'm out of here, bye. But then it's like, did you? Did he really do the good, the, the job good? I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but it's like, dude, please, I just stop conning me, please. I was gonna pay no matter what. I don't know cars. That's the thing. That's why they have such leverage on everybody else because nobody knows cars like like these guys do, or very very few people do. So it's like you already have the advantage of conning me without even me knowing anything. My car could be even worse when I leave. And I wouldn't even know about it. I wouldn't know. So that's just my take on mechanics and how they, they've... This whole stupid-ass um, conning has gone about with me and my friends. And then just hearing about it, like, oh, we go to that guy too, or we did. It's like, oh, no, stop going. Just stop going, please. Y- y- you will... It'll be worth it. Just don't go, please. I'm trying to save you here. Please don't go. Let's move on to sports now. Um, last week I kind of talked about the NBA a bit and some baseball. Today's mainly going to be about the NBA and the NBA playoffs and how I am enjoying them because I live for this. Playoff NBA basketball is so much fun. It is so good. It is unexpected, unpredictable sometimes. Uh, sometimes it is predictable, but it is, it's also fun because sometimes the lesser-seeded teams will surprise you, and sometimes they won't. Um, so just a bit of an update on what's happening and who's winning which series. I've co- uh, collected uh, what's happening so far. So, so far today, I'm up to date, I think. Um, at the time, this has not changed yet, but some games have tipped off. So um, as of this moment right now, and when this podcast comes out, it's going to change. But as of right now, um, <clears throat> Utah and Memphis are tied. Good series. Uh, saw the game last night. Uh, Utah woke up and beat Memphis because Memphis beat them in the first series or first game, which was unexpected. I know that John Morant's very good, but Donovan Mitchell did not play the first game. He did play the second game, which was nice to see. Um, Utah fans love that guy. I mean, who wouldn't? What a talent! What a what a what an exciting young player that, that they have. Um, and they can't waste his time. They cannot because got a good coach, got a good um, 
um, center, <coughs> a lot of good players, Mike Conley. So they can't waste his time. Please don't. He is a gem of a talent and a person. He's a very good guy. Um, other series, uh, Clippers, Dallas. Dallas is leading 2-0. I mean, I did not expect this. I did not because, for one, the Clippers have uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So why would this happen? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I'm pretty pretty shocked that this is happening because I would think that Kawhi Leonard... I mean, if, if, if you were talking about like Kawhi Leonard like two years ago, he was unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And he was still young. And that you would think that. He has Paul George, his coach is Ty Lue, a, a pretty decent team that I would say. I mean, they are the the fourth seed, so not as good as last year, I think. But like a very, very good team. Then you got Dallas. He's got Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, Luka Doncic is, he's unbelievably good. A great talent, a great young talent. Just an excellent fundamentally. Passing is great, shooting is amazing, and he's a gigantic dude. And he seems like he's just having so much fun out there playing. Like, so much fun. And I gotta say, after last, um, um, last year's playoffs... And um, how they went out against the Clippers. This series, you can tell that this guy is playing with a chip on his shoulder. Like, last year when he went out, he was mad. He was just not having it. He was pretty much done. Like, something snapped in him. during. And I, and I do think that last year, he kind of over-tried a bit in the end of the series. And it kind of just kind of... Fell all over the place. I mean, he could, he did all he could for from what he had, with what he had. So, this year, this guy's on a mission. You can just tell. Everybody's rolling. I mean, the Clippers are kind of stunned right now. They got Ty Lue, which I think that Ty Lue is like one of the, the poster boy coaches of this league. It seems like they always just give him a job, Ty Lue. I mean, you think about it like Coach LeBron... He's got a big job with the Clippers. I mean, I don't think that, you know, the NBA just gives people jobs just because. But I feel like with Ty Lue and just like seeing his experience and I know he coached LeBron's Cavs to the championship. I get that. But it feels like with that team, LeBron was just the coach. And it feels like that with every team. But especially like... You look at Ty Lue's face, face and his expressions and his decision-making on the court. It just feels like he's very in over his head. I could be wrong, but whenever I see him, his clueless faces, it's just like it just feels like he's so in over his head. But that's that's just what I get. I don't know. It's It's a weird thing that I'm just, I see him and I see cluelessness, but I don't know. If they pull it out, then obviously he did a good job doing it. But, like, just picture this. If they do get swept, is he going to be to blame? I mean, I know that they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but it's like, who's to blame there? I mean, if if I'm, you know, casting my vote, I would probably say Ty Lue, maybe. You know, it's always, like, Again, you have the players, but you got to motivate them. Got to coach them up to to play together. 
work together, get through struggles together. They got to be doing that all together. So I, I, it all does kind of boil down, come down to the coach, to the, to the head coach. It does suck. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to be pointing to Ty Lue to see if they, if they lose this series and if they do get swept, it's going to come down on Ty Lue. So I don't think that they will. I think they might win one or two games because of how Dallas is playing, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Denver and Portland is tied at 1-1. One to one. Kind of a cool storyline because Carmelo Anthony is playing against his former team, uh, the team that drafted him, which is the Denver Nuggets. I kind of wrote off Denver a bit once Jamal Murray went down with an ACL tear. and um, But, you know, I kind of can't, though, because I know Michael Malone, the coach, is all about getting the best out of his players. He really is. Last season with, you know, up against the Lakers, having them, you know, coming back and all that, and all we knew was that, I mean, they were down 3-0, I think, to the Clippers, maybe 3-1. And then they came back and and beat them. And I mean, like just the determination, like that team had like grit, passion, um, determination with that entire, that, that team like just blew me away. Jokic, Otto Porter Jr. Just, I, and I know that they're down Jamal Murray, but still they should be considered a threat with that man coaching. Michael Malone, just gets the best out of his players. And I think that that is exactly why he needs like a, he should be one of the known as one of the better pure, like head coaches in the league. Just because how, how, how much he got his team ready and prepared to take on a bigger, on a, a greater advantage team or not, a, not, not advantage, but a more talented team that if you could say that, I mean, Last year, a lot of people picked the Clippers to win the the finals, and they got beat by the Denver Nuggets. So you gotta pick and choose of like, who would you rather have, like Ty Lue or Michael Malone? I mean, if I'm picking, I would pick Ty uh, Michael Malone for sure. But he's like he Michael Malone is like breaking the into like the top coaches in the NBA. I think, like I think the top coaches, some of the top coaches, I would say would be, um. Eric Spolstra, um, Doc Rivers, um, let me see, Tom Thibodeau, and um, Michael Malone, maybe, then Frank Vogel, Steve Nash, and then... No, 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 no. The coach from Atlanta, Nate. I'm blanking on his last name, but he's also very, very good. But he's, like, getting there. He's, like, in the top coaches. I think, personally. I think he's very, very good. Um, Phoenix against LA Lakers. That series is tied 1-1. to Can we just talk about this? How big of a baby is LeBron James? I mean, to be honest, I tweeted um, LaBaby James. And then one of my friends tweeted at me saying, like, this guy's also a baby, too. He got shoved. But, like, bro, LeBron James, when he went down on that on that play, first of all, I get it that it was a might have been a considered a dirty play by some. 
me not so much because it was so quick. It, like you watch it in real time and it's such a quick thing. It's not like he's pulling him down for a long time or he's got a good grip on him really. It's bang bang. It's so such a quick grab. And it's so fast. You look at it in slow motion, it looks bad. But in real time it's like I don't think there was much force there. And then um when he goes down, he grabs like his tricep area and then he grabs his head. And then after that he grabs like he points to like some part of his shoulder like by his pectoral, it's like, bro, what does even hurt? What hurts you? I don't understand. Like the eye thing was a bit much. How how long he goes down for? But this is like, what's hurting you, bro? I don't get it. And then it's just like, I feel like he just needs. He he does these theatrics just to rest, because again, he's not a, a young player anymore. I think he's like 38, so it's like, I get it, I, under, I understand that you're getting older, and it's, it's getting tougher, but it's almost so just bad, it looks so dumb when you just go down and you're on the ground just rolling around and holding your head and making a crying face, and, and then you come out and then you're fine, like after everything is said and done, and nothing is really that bad, no reported injuries really. Chris Paul fucked himself up. His shoulder is all fucked. His shoulder, like you can tell, he just could not dribble the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball. He got fucked up. I don't even know what happened, really. It was so quick that I think he just, like, tore something in his shoulder. But it was, it, you could tell, though, he could not dribble the ball. And now he's got tape on his shoulder. So, like, he's he's battling that out. Like, an actual injury, I think. Um, But it, it was just so sad to see LeBron... As big and as mighty as everybody says that he is, and he is big and mighty, and I I will say this, he's incredibly, incredibly good at basketball. I mean, he still makes shots, creates shots, does dunks. I'm not saying that he isn't a bad basketball player. He's very, very, he's probably the best still. Um, but it's just these theatrics, these dramatic instances of, we. I don't even know what's hurt on him. On this play, I I don't because again he grabbed his tricep, his head, and then his pec muscle or whatever. I was like, bro, what what's even wrong with you? As a viewer, as a fan, as a, somebody who watches the playoffs and watches you, I I can tell when you're bullshitting. I just can. I can tell when you're faking an injury. I've played enough soccer. I've watched enough soccer. It does. It it happens in both games. Very um frequently so I can tell that anyway I think that LeBron is just gonna end up beating the the, the Suns I know that the Suns are the two seed and the, the Lakers are the seventh seed but there's just something about playoff LeBron that just gets everybody everybody doubts him and everybody says that they're gonna lose but they, he always comes back and it's just his, it's a big master plan of his that he always it just seems like game ones and like games that don't even matter like he just doesn't give it his all but when he has to, they end up winning. And I know that Anthony Davis in game one of that series was very poor, but he did better in the second game with like 34 points. So, I mean, thank God that he woke up because he was getting bodied by DeAndre Ayton or DeAndre something Ayton. Uh, he, he's for the Suns. I can't remember his name, but he was just getting demolished by that guy. Um, so after that, we got Philadelphia and Washington. Philadelphia beat uh, leading the series 2-0. Um, not, ex not, not, um, not surprised here. 
Philadelphia's number one seed. Everything is clicking for them. Everything is clicking in that city. Doc Rivers is a great hire. They got Joel, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, just rolling on all cylinders, just going. <laughs> Playing very, very well. Um, no hiccups, really. Dominating them. Um, as for Washington, Russell Westbrook just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He, he's good, and he's also very bad at the same time. Bradley Beal is doing the best that he can. But it's just, it's you you got the one versus the eight seed. It's it's pretty clear of who is going to go on. The 76ers are going on. And um, they should be proud because they are the best team in the East. Uh, or I think that they are. I think that they could be. Um, so they'll win. I mean, it, it literally is clicking for Doc Rivers and his team. It is clicking more than ever at the Clippers ever has in this first year. I mean, he's found his spot, and it's in Philadelphia. Um, next, we got the Knicks and uh, the Hawks tied one to one. I gotta say, man, I am a I'm, I'm a big Knicks guy right now. I know I'm not like an actual fan, but I want them to win so bad. I really do, because seeing the New York crowd and the fans at MSG was just awesome. It was so much fun. It was so cool. To finally see like Madison Square Garden filled up again with Knicks fans being so passionate and just fucking letting Trey Young have it. Because like he did deserve it, man. The game one when he won, he was trash talking the fans, saying, I'm here, telling them to be quiet and all that. I mean, you're messing with New York, bro. You gotta remember that. So you're gonna get you're gonna get shit on the next game. And boy did he get shit on. Not 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 actually, but they were saying like Trey Young's balding. Like, ooh, that was a big one. I mean, I mean, you should have known, bro. You you. I hope you have thick skin because it's just going to continue the series. So, and it's gonna. You better hope that it doesn't go back to New York. You better hope that you win because you're going to get it again if it goes back. Um, but it's go. It's so good to see Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau reunite with the Knicks, and just, you can tell those guys just know each other so well, that they just, even though they lost the first game, they just seem so comfortable together, they just, they're like best friends, and him and Taj Gibson, it's like a reunion of the 2011 Bulls, it's so nice to see, it is so cool, um, I think it was 2011, it could be wrong, but it was the early Bulls days with him, Derek Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Taj Gibson, Tom Thibodeau, it, it was nice to see. In his post-game interview, like, this is what I've been dreaming of to do. I've gotten so many, I've been ridiculed so many times, doubted so many times, and in my defense, my, I, I've also doubted him, too. I mean, I have. I mean, it's hard not to, because you look back and you see his injury with the Bulls that set him, you know, so many, uh, so much, so many, uh, back so much, you know, is he going to be the same? And there was this whole thing of, like, he's, he's testing out his knee, if he can be explosive like he was back then. And it never really materialized to being, like, that Derrick Rose again. And the pressure on him was just, you know, I get it. It's unbearable. It is so much pressure. Like, is he going to do the same thing? Is he going to be athletic, as explosive? And it's like, I don't know if anybody can after that. I don't know. Especially with all that pressure. It's, like, kind of unrealistic if you think about it it's like so daunting 
So I feel for him and I get it and I understand that, dude, I you just had to switch up your game a bit. You know, be a little bit more of an assisting uh, point guard. Don't have to, like, do the crazy leaps or dunks or jumps or um, uh, cutting moves and all that they used to do. You got to switch your game up. He's also older, so he's got he can't really do all that, uh, what he used to do. So seeing him last night score like 24 points, maybe 26, I can't remember. It was nice to see, and it's nice seeing, nice to see Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, um, also contributing and building New York, the New York Knicks back up again to what they used to be. Back with Mello, Stoudemire, even though that they, they didn't really make a good playoff run, it's still to see good to see Madison Square Garden or the mecca of basketball booming and and just having fun. It's great to see. Milwaukee leads Miami 2-0. Um, Jimmy Butler hasn't been as um, threatening or scoring prolific as he was last uh, uh, last year in the bubble. Hasn't really been making uh, headlines. Uh, neither has the team really. Neither has Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. They just haven't been making that splash this year. Nobody's been really talking about them. And they're down 2-0. Um, they're playing right now. Let me check the score. Um, which is, uh, it, it, I think it is halftime, I think. Yeah, halftime. Bucks are leading 49-36. to So, I mean, they might make it a series. Might tie it up. But I think that Giannis Kumbo is just on a mission because... He's been like questioned and doubted, and is what is is he even like? Is he capable of leading a team with Chris Middleton, uh, and all the boys, Budenholzer as their coach? Um, I don't think that they're they'll uh, make a serious threat in the East, but they might take the Nets a couple games. Might I, I'm not sure. The, my, but Miami looks like they might be done. If they lose this game, they'll be done. I think. Um, just Milwaukee's just better this year. They just are. Miami just doesn't have that uh that spark that they had last year. I don't know what it was, but it was enter- entertaining as hell last year. It was fun. Um, last series is Brooklyn two, Boston none. Kind of expected. I mean, Boston just hasn't been their that that team last that they were last year and the year before that, maybe before that too. Um. They just haven't been that. They haven't. They've been disjointed. They've been um, inconsistent. But Brooklyn, I mean, on paper, you could say it's the best team potentially ever. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant, James Harden, um, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris. I mean, they're just they have an All Star team right there. I mean, I would be again. I would be shocked if they did not make the finals and they didn't win it. Because I look on the west side, Clippers look kind of dog shit. Um, Utah looks good, though. Memphis is very young, but making some noise. The Lakers are not what they were last year. Um, Phoenix should be better, but they aren't. Dallas, on the other hand, is making waves, but I still don't think that they're that... They could beat the Nets, though. So... The only real threat to Brooklyn is Philadelphia. 
which is in the East. So, I mean, I'm waiting for that matchup to happen. So, I mean, it better happen. That's the only team that I think that they could beat them. And if Philadelphia does beat them, it'd be kind of embarrassing because, I mean, Brooklyn is just an unbelievable team. Unbelievable. Uh, it's kind of unfair. So it's like, it's kind of weird that they are the second seed. Um, but they might sw- sweep Boston. Um, as long as Kyrie Irving doesn't let the Boston crowd get into his head. Because he did previously play at Boston. So I think he won't let that happen. But it's always going to be a challenge to go back to another city where you used to play. And now that you're in the playoffs and arguably the best team in the in the NBA. So you got to be ready for scrutinizing and criticism when you go back there. So that's going to be interesting too. Um, but I, I love the, these playoffs. I love them. They're so much fun. that They're the best. Aside from baseball, no, I think they're better, better than baseball. The NBA playoffs are just, you get three games every day. It's amazing. It's so good. I love it. Um, but that's it for sports this week, everybody. Now we're going to move on to the, a little bit of entertainment, movies. Um, today, or this week, no, 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 actually, on Saturday, last last weekend, um, I think it was Saturday, the Eternals trailer dropped for Marvel Studios, a, n- a new superhero flick. <clears throat> so you you kind of know where I stand with Marvel and their movies and their TV shows. I enjoy them. But I gotta say, watching this trailer, and I know nothing about the Eternals. Nothing about them at all. Wasn't blown away, but I wasn't expecting that. I was just kind of like saying, okay, I want to see what this is. And it's like these ancient heroes or ancient like beings that... um protect earth i think i think that was earth um but a big cast of heroes like kind of like of the the um old world avengers that's what i'm getting at they're like these beings with like super superpowers that have different abilities that are save the world or, or help people out that's a bad description but that's what i saw um but it just kind of feels like yeah okay i get it we're rebuilding. We're restarting. We're going to introduce these guys. Um, they're putting it way back in time, so it makes sense to show them before the events of the Avengers and all that. Iron Man, Captain America. Um, but I, I, I kind of don't really care about this. But that's not a bad thing, though. There really isn't. It's just one trailer. I mean, I'm sure, like, in the future, when more trailers come out, I'll be more excited. Or when I see more stuff happen, I'll be in. I'm sure I will. Um, but for now, I'm not that excited. But it does have a good cast, though. And I think that it needs to have a great cast for people to get in on this. Because if we're talking about the general public, aside from comic book readers and comic book uh, lore people, um, the cast should get people in the theater and to watch it. I mean, we got Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Liam McHugh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, very funny guy. Um, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Kogan, Don Lee, Kit Harrington, that's Jon Snow, uh, Salma Hayek, and Angelina Jolie. And 
the cast as the Eternals. So I didn't think that Angelina Jolie would be back making like acting. I thought that that uh, I, I could have sworn Maleficent was going to be her final movie, but I guess she's back. I mean that's cool. Um, will I will I watch it? I always say that I wouldn't watch the newest Marvel property, the newest Marvel shows. I wasn't going to watch. I said I said I wasn't going to watch WandaVision. I did. I said I wasn't going to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did. I said I was, I'm not going to watch Loki. I might. Not just because I'm negative about it, but it's just I'm bored. Um, I want to watch something new. Um, so if, I think I think if the other trailers coming out or more stuff comes out and it looks a little bit better than what I've seen, not saying it looks bad, just not really interested. Um, yeah, then I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see what it's all about. Um, but um, <clears throat> the excitement level is about at a six, I would say. I'm mildly interested. Mildly interested. I don't need to see it. I'm not dying to see it, but I'm mildly interested. And I think that's kind of fair. I think that's fair. Now, if you know the Eternals, if you know that lore, and you, and you know those characters, I mean, I'm sure you'd be ecstatic, super excited, but I'm just not there yet. Give me some time. Give me more stuff. Give me more announcements. Give me more. Give me more. You know, I I just, it's a new thing. New heroes, new characters. I need a little bit more before I buy that ticket. Before I invest my time. How's that? I think that's fair. Um, Sticking with movies. This news came out. This week, I think. Yesterday, I think. You know what? I have the article. Let me just check it out real quick. Brought it up earlier today. Uh, and this kind of shocked me, to, to be honest. Um, I did not think that this, this would happen. Um, yes, so it came out yesterday. Um, so basically, Collider put out an interview in an article about um, with J.J. Abrams. And he was promoting uh, Super 8, the 10th anniversary of his film, Super 8, which is pretty good. Um, but he was asked a question about, like, doing Star Wars. And you know how I feel about that trilogy and how I feel like 7 was decent. 8 was good, I thought. But for me, 9 ruined it. 9 just put it to bed in the worst way possible. Just did for me. And you know my thoughts, you know what I think about it, you know what I've said. But now the man himself, one of the creative, spearheaded producer, director, J.J. Abrams, has finally spoken about this. And now it all makes sense, sort of. So I got some quotes for you, a couple quotes. Um, this is um, him talking to, um, uh, I have the name here, I don't want to miscredit him, Adam Chitwood of Collider asked him, you know, what do you think? Like, how did it, like, you know, what was, is there a plan? Um, would it have been better if you had a plan? Stuff like that on that. It's on Collider.com. You can check it out. But his responses were, I feel like what we've learned as a lesson a few times now, and it's something that, especially in this pandemic year, working with writers has become clear. The lesson is that you have to have, that you have to plan things as best as you can. 
and you always need to be able to respond to the unexpected. And the unexpected can come in all sorts of forms. And I do think that there is nothing more important than knowing where you're going. Kind of hinting that um, you need to know the end goal. right? You need to know what's going to happen at the end. What is, what is it building up to? Right? Like, what is... Even though the, there's unexpected things that happen... You know, whether it be like production issues, actor issues, uh, studio issues. You know, I want this line out of the movie. I want this out of the movie entirely. That kind of messes up with this and all that, and that's going to be whatever. Get rid of it, you know? It's stuff like that. Um, there's there's another quote saying, um, he says, You just never really know, but having a plan, um, I have learned... In some cases, the hard way is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. You don't know what to emphasize because if you don't know the inevitable of the story, you're just as good as your last sequence or effect or joke or whatever. But you want to be leading to something inevitable. So, I mean, there we have it then. He admits that um, having a plan is critical. Like, the most critical. Like, you need this. You need it to happen. Like, you need to know what's going to happen to the characters. And the unexpected thing, yeah, we get it. Yeah, what if, what if, you know, I, I took a screenwriting class back in college, and, like, my, my professor would say, like, I had a good movie planned out. I had a great movie. Like a, like a high school, uh, high school, um, what, what was it called? Uh, Coming-of-age comedy type movie. That was kind of serious, but also kind of funny. Had some good comedic elements in it. But it was mainly for the drama of the high school kids. And along the lines of, he said, like, the producer or the the line producer said, what if we threw in a fight with the teachers, like in the cafeteria? And then he said, like, that wouldn't make any sense. That, That makes no sense to the story of the characters. But the producer told him, yeah, but it's funny, though. It'd make audiences laugh. And it's like, well, but that makes no sense, though. Yeah, but it would make them laugh. And we can have a big old cafeteria food fight. But again, that makes that makes no sense. But it would be funny, though. So I kind of get that I, I, that aspect of what he's saying. Unexpected things would happen. Unexpected things that you never even would have thought out. That maybe you have it planned out. And maybe something like, Again, unexpected, like what he said, just happened, and it changes the course of what's happening in your show or movie or series or whatever. And he's he should know this though, because he did executive produce Lost, which is much longer than three films. So again, I do give him a little bit of a pass. I do a, a bit, but in the end of the day. This is Star Wars, and I do get that you didn't sign on to do the entire trilogy, but I look at Lucasfilm and say, not just you, JJ, because it's not all on you, it isn't, but I look at Lucasfilm and Disney and say, you guys needed to have a plan, and this guy just admitted it, that they needed a plan, basically, I mean, you can find this interview on Collider and read it yourself, but these are just some quotes, basically just saying like, hey, no plan, and it's very critical. And if you watch it, there's a it's it's a it's an actual video of him saying this. 
you can just tell in his body language and his facial expressions that he knows that that was needed. Like, and it's been like two years, almost two years since that movie came out, The Rise of Skywalker. He's done with it. He's over it. And he's saying that now because now he doesn't work for Disney. So you can kind of tell that he's, you know, he knows, he knew all along that they needed something, a plan, but you can't really show that weakness with the company that you work for. Because if you do, it's going to look bad on that company. Disney's going to be like, well, they got somebody who's not even on board with this movie. Do we even want him promoting it? Or, you know, he's always got to say, play the safe route. You do, though. You do, because if you don't do that, you get fired, lose your job, you lose the your trust. Even though that it, you know that it, the, the movie that they put out, what they made you do is garbage. And I get it. But I really don't want to see people who backed him and said, like, they liked The Rise of Skywalker, or they didn't, and they, they denied no plan, denied that they knew what, the, what they were doing. I don't want to see them start to come out of the woods and say, oh, you know what, those movies did suck. They had no plan. He's just said it. I don't want that. You know, I know I came onto it late, and I did, but not this late. <laughs> I, it was late, I admit. As soon as I walked out of that theater on December 19th, I knew... There was no plan. They didn't They didn't know anything what they were doing. And that it was a whole shit show. I knew it as soon as it finished. Midway through. Even midway through. Maybe even the beginning of the movie. Maybe even the beginning. I just knew this is not good. This was thrown together by some fools that didn't know what to do. I knew it. And I get it. And I, I get why Disney did it the way that they did. They didn't wanted to go J.J., then Ryan Johnson, Colin Trevorrow to finish it off. I get it. I get that they want to make it seem like it's an artistic thing, that we want to have everybody's take of what would happen with Star Wars. I get it. I get how they would want to have more cooks in the kitchen. I get it. They would want to have it to be a one, one single vision. I understand that. Everybody wants to be a part of the team now. I understand that. But I think when you do that, when you do that with... So many, and I think they wanted to do what Marvel did with all their movies. But the thing is, they had Kevin Feige plan it all out and do it how he wanted it to. It just needed somebody to direct them and get it done. And you know what? Maybe they didn't want to do it like that. Maybe they wanted to do it with a little bit more freedom. But when you do that, when you decide to do it that way, you can have one vision, and then another, and then another, but then it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like it's, it feels disjointed it doesn't feel like it belongs as a trilogy i mean in my opinion i I just can't watch those movies anymore they don't add up i've said this before they just they don't add up they don't make sense there's no merit there's no heart there's nothing especially that last one there's none of that it's just star destroyers coming out of the ocean a big, the emperor, old ass emperor, in a big evil looking chair. And that's it, really. <laughs> Force lightning, storm in the clouds, gigantic space battle with hundreds and hundreds of star destroyers that, where did they come from? This looks like it's out of the Avengers. Like, not even as bad as the Avengers would be. They went for like an endgame type of ending. And it just did not make any sense. 
Sure, as a kid, he'd be like, oh, yeah, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, yeah, cool, cool, lightsabers, yeah. But that's all used to get you to watch it in the first place as a kid. And that inspiration as a kid, the cool effects as a kid, the likable characters as a kid, the funny jokes as a kid. But when you get older, you see the meaning of it. And you see the story progress and how it all makes sense. You get more smarter, intellectual, how things should operate, how this, how you vision how this person made that story continue and continue, and then eventually end in the way that it does. You see that more clearly, because when I was a kid, I watching Star Wars. I just loved watching the battles. More like a little kid, too, watching the battles, lightsaber fighting, you know, all that. I love that. Still do. Still do. But I, you just appreciate the story more when you grow up and when you get older. And it resonates with you. And it makes you, like, feel good. It makes you feel, makes you, you have fun with it. It's like an escape, basically. But with these new ones, I, I don't know if you can have that, man. I feel like in the years to come, and I've said this before, those movies, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, are going to have less and less following, less and less fans, and just seem so manufactured. No heart, no spirit, no clear vision, and it's sad. Because those are technically part of the canon, and they're part of they they're they are episode seven, eight, and nine. Kind of sucks when you think about it. And after JJ saying like, "Yeah, we should have had that plan," and now he's like, "I learned from my mistakes." It's a shame that you made a mistake with Star Wars. It really, really is. After so much time and hard work on the sets and production and storyboarding and getting the writers. And it just, it really does suck that this is where you messed up big time on not just you, but like it was, it was a collective mess up and it just had a, it it just stings that it is star Wars, that it could have been something else that I don't know, not saying that nothing matters or nothing else matters, but star Wars, not, not saying that, but it, I don't know. It just sucks that it was Star Wars, where everybody was coming back and everybody wanted it to be the best that it possibly could. Everybody did. But it's a shame, and we move on. Unfortunately, I can't move on from one thing. I cannot move on, because it won't let me move on. I've been trying for maybe two weeks now to buy uh, the new Xbox Series X. And um, I'm having no luck. Absolutely no luck. But I've found something that might help me with it. I was talking with my friends of how I should be able to get it. How do I obtain it? How do I know when it's released? And my friends suggested that I follow some accounts on Twitter and put the notifications on. Turn on that bell whenever they tweet. IGN Deals, Wario64 is two of them that I've remembered. So I did that. I, I followed them. I put their notifications on and tried to, hopefully, that they tweet about uh, back in stock or on sale or whatever. I got to tell you, though, it does get kind of annoying when it just your phone is buzzing on Twitter, but it's just tweets of them saying uh, what's on sale or what's available or what's in stock. 
But it is helpful, though, because now I know. And um, I missed a notification. We were driving to Universal through the grapevine. I didn't have much service. We were just talking. I wasn't even checking my phone all that much. Um, But I checked it when we got there. And um, it was a couple hours after. I I, I don't check the notifications, like, all that much when I was there because, you know, we were walking and stuff. But we were taking a break, and we were at the Universal Studios tour line. And I checked my phone, and I saw a tweet about three hours previous, or maybe four, I can't remember, of the Xbox Series X going on sale at Best Buy. And I clicked on it, you know, being hours late, just to think that maybe there's a chance, maybe I can get it, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. Nope, nothing. Sold out. Uh, Devastated. Could have bought it right then and there. Had the money and everything. Very, very sad. Um, a couple days later, I check. I got no, another notification from Walmart. No, 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 not, not that, not that, not that. I just checked Walmart, just just to do it. An Xbox Series X with um, Xbox All Access, which which is like basically awesome Game Pass All Access for two years. That shit cost nine hundred and forty seven dollars. Like, are you kidding? This is unbelievable. This is a joke. How they're selling these consoles for. And I believe it was only to be financed. So you would have to be stuck paying this much a month. For a console. Like I don't want to do that. We do that with cars. We do that with phones. I don't want to do that for a damn console. That costs only 500 Just the console. Like this is. It's like they don't want me to buy it now. And then a couple of days later, I saw uh, IGN put, post out a, a GameStop was selling bundles for like $800, $700. Like, I don't want a bundle, man. I do not want a bundle. It's like Xbox Series X with, with uh, another controller and Assassin's Creed Valhalla with a Game Pass Ultimate or whatever <coughs> for $800. Like, I already have that game. I have Game Pass. I just want the damn console. Please. Quit fooling around. Like, it's just like, now they just want to bundle everything so you can just spend more money on something that you don't even want. Like, I already have Call of Duty Black Ops. I already have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I already have MLB The Show 21. Those games are all bundling with the Xbox Series X. And, and 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 MLB the show is on Game Pass. You can just you, you you buy you pay for Game Pass, you got it. It's like, God damn it, dude, please like help me out. Like it's just they don't want me to buy a console. And it's getting absolutely ridiculous. I checked today and it was such a it was such a slap in the face. Uh, IGN deals tweeted Xbox Series S Series S now available at the Microsoft Store. I'm like, oh my god, great. So I clicked on it and I checked it and like, available, purchase now. I'm like, oh, I just want to see that sign for the Series X so bad. Please. I, d- I don't care about the Series S, man. I do not care. It's a lesser version, lesser quality. I don't want it. I, I just, I d- who would buy that? Now that I think about it, like, I think back in the day I said it would be a good uh, alternative for some kids, maybe, maybe younger uh, audiences, but like now I'm just like, I don't even want to see that. Just give me the Series X, please. 
Like, it's just so infuriating that I can't buy this freaking console, that it is so hard to find this console, that nobody would sell it for a good price or bundle it that I don't even want to buy it. I don't get it. They just want me not to buy it, which is sad because even if I did buy it, I would have to buy another fucking memory card thing that costs $220, and that's like, it's like a, just picture a memory card that goes into your PS2 or GameCube or whatever. It's like that size, and it's $220 plus tax. It's unbelievable. It's outrageous, and it's almost comical. Like, really? You're going to make me spend $947 on a $500 console with game or Xbox All Access for two years? You want me to pay that much for something that I don't want, is which is the, the Xbox All Access? I don't want that at all. But you, since you have so little units, you're just bundling it up so we can buy it. Like, I don't know what insane person would make that purchase. I do not know. And I hope that they don't they do not do it. I really hope so because that'll be, that is just insane. Like, I just want to buy the console. It's only 500 bucks now. Now it sounds so cheap because they're selling it for so overpriced. It's like, dude, come on. Please. I'm begging you. But I will continue to wait. And fight the good fight. And only purchase the console. I am going to be determined to not purchase any bundle, any any edited um, product, no extra controller, no, no game that I don't want, no Game Pass Ultimate, no Xbox All Access. I'm not going to purchase any of that. I will only fight for that console. Just the console. I don't want anything else. If it takes me till November... I'll do it. I just don't want to buy anything else. And I I say that now, but I feel like I'm going to be miserable and have to buy a bundle. But I hope it does not come that way. I hope that I don't have to make that choice. I really just, I'm begging you, Xbox, I'm begging you, Microsoft, just make more. Please, please make more. And please stop the bots from just buying them all. I don't know how you would fix that, but please, man. Please. I'm not crying, by the way. I'm just sounding like that. Um, but yeah, that's it for today. Big show today. Big show. A lot of things to go over. A lot of things to come. A lot of fun today. A lot of fun. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for those who continue to listen. And to watch. Um... I love doing this. It's so much fun. Um, guess I should plug it. Um, again, you can always find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast at uh, Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Uh, it would be so nice for you to leave a comment, uh, give a like, subscribe to me on YouTube at the YouTube channel. Um, and it'd be awesome if you would uh, um, rate and review on Apple Podcast. On Apple Podcasts, you can scroll down to the section that says rate and review. Give a star rating. Leave a review. Write something up. Um, interact. Tweet at me. DM me. It's in the bio of every show, every episode, in the description. Um, what do you want me to talk about? Anything in particular? Always open to that. No politics, though. Uh, don't want to get political. 
Um, but it, 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 I want to make this the summer of morons. The summer of morons. Like, everybody is said they know somebody who's a moron. And I don't want to make it like a big, big branding thing. But like, I just want to talk about stupid shit. That's, that's just what I love doing. I mean, there's some stuff that I'm holding out on to talk about. There is some stuff that I'm just waiting to talk about. And I don't want to do it yet. Um, and time will tell if it's it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen. Um, I really want to go into like you know, thinking of the what if and some stuff, like, what if this, what if that, I, I've realized I haven't done that in a while, like, what if I did this, or what if I did that, or what if this happened to people, and not that, I always want to have a suggestion like that, maybe you could leave a question of, would you rather do this, would you rather do that, because I always, like, go deep in those, I always go, try to go deep, and try to, like, explain my, uh, my thought, try to explain my situation, my, my choice, my decision, whatever. So if you have any of those and like you want, want want me to answer, to want me to give my piece on, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter at adsilva005 and at, on Instagram, same handle. So if you have a question, have a suggestion, have a topic that I should talk about, um, again, no politics, it would be awesome. Some fan interaction would be cool. Um, but yeah, if you want to, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't have problems, an issue of talking out of my ass. I do it for a living. Well, not for a living, but I do it all the time. I do it every day. <laughs> it's like what I'm known for. That's all I do. If you meet any of my friends, any of my friends, they'll ask you, does he ever shut up? They'll say no. Because I never do. Sometimes I do, but uh, other times I do not shut up. When I should. But I always try to make it funny i try to i i i have some very very bad jokes but you got to fail to succeed and if you're gonna fail i'm gonna fail the best way possible or try to i don't, I don't know if i can <laughs> um you know if, try try again right that's always the the quote the message but but again yeah thank you for listening thank you for watching i appreciate it i i love it i enjoy it i makes me smile um thank you for listening thank you for watching and we will see or i will see you next week